about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. You got a Bible this morning? Yeah. All right, let's pull it out this morning. Go to John chapter 10 this morning. I want to give you some information on how to make some changes this year in your life, and if you want to, or whatever you're doing, and show you where God is really taking this body as it has been for years, but continues to do so. How many know it's a process? Yep. All right, John chapter 10, did you find it? Yes. Very familiar scripture, look at verse 10, Jesus saying, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life, and that they might have it more, or another translation says, in full measure. So notice, well, as you study the Bible and you read the Bible and the Spirit of God starts directing you, you're going to see that there's different levels that God takes people and wants them to get to. It's not just I'm saved, I'm going to heaven now, praise God, hallelujah. No, there's a level God wants to take you in the spirit to get you to a place to where you're doing everything for the kingdom of God, fulfilling your purpose here. How many know you all have a purpose here? If you're not fulfilling your purpose, you're miserable this morning, I can tell you right now. You're not enjoying life, you're living for yourself, you're in selfishness, you don't even care what God wants in your life or what wants for you, and you're not going to have success in any area of your life. You were created for a purpose. You were made for a purpose. And the only way you're going to find your purpose is like anything else. You, you get a new stove. You read the little book on top that tells you how it operates and how it works. And then you know how to turn it on and do all this stuff. Well, many Christians get born again in the kingdom of God. Then they don't spend time in the word or under the word. So they don't know the directions of how they're supposed to get to where they're going. So it's important, number one, this year, of course, that we stay in the word of God. Hallelujah. How many of you know that? Thank you for your overwhelming excitement this morning. Praise God. But notice what he says here. He basically says that there's two things here. He came to give you life, but he came to give you what? More abundantly. So you can stop at life if you want to. How many know you get born again? That's what the church taught me. You're born again. You're going to heaven now. Nothing else matters. You just hold on here till Jesus comes or you die or something happens. Basically, they were told me that there was life more abundantly for me to live in, which is a kingdom lifestyle that belongs to each and every one of us. Praise God. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're just going to read, start in verse uh, 17 where we always do. Look at verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, in other words, be born again in the kingdom of God, he is, right now, a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he who has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made 
the righteousness of God in Christ. Now this tells us quite a bit here, doesn't it? It tells you when you were born again, you are a new spiritual being. You have been recreated in the spirit. It also says that all things you have now are of God. That means everything that belongs to you, everything God recreated, the person that you are, are of God. You don't have any of those old traits, those old things that you used to have, because those old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Here it also tells you that you've been reconciled to God. So my problem in, in my walk was not God being reconciled to me. It was me understanding that I was reconciled to He. So I prayed like I wasn't reconciled to Him. I acted like I wasn't reconciled. I acted like I was afraid of Him. I was afraid to do things with Him. But when I found out that I was already reconciled to Him, that it was easy for me to say, hey, if He, if he said I'm reconciled, I'm just going to go ahead and be reconciled, praise God, because if that's what He wanted, that's what I'm going to do. And notice He also made you the righteousness of God in Christ. Say righteousness. righteousness. Now we've been teaching on righteousness now for months basically because you need it. There's a mindset that you have that says that you are in right standing with the kingdom of God, right standing with God, and also right standing with the devil. You have been put in a position now where you're in right standing spiritually with God. There's nothing between you and God, no guilt, no condemnation. There's nothing between you and the devil. You have authority over him now. Again, praise God. And all his works, say all his works. All his works. See, everybody wants to run into the big man and try to cast him out. You're not even casting out his works. Why would he attack you? He's already got you. His devices are working in your life. But notice we're free from them because we've been born and made the righteousness of God in Christ. So all these things belong to us. Now go up to chapter 6. Look at verse 14. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, says who? The says the Lord Almighty. Now notice, here's what I want to concentrate on. Verse 17. Come out from among them, and be ye you are going to have to get the idea that you are separate. You are separate from the normal Christian. You are separate from the normal religion. You're separate from the normal people, the way they think, the way they do things. So he says, you've got to come out from among them and be separate. Now, if I'm going to come out from among them, it means I'm probably among them. Or he wouldn't tell me to come out. So in my own thought life, through my whole life, I've been changing, trying to come out from among them. Now notice what he talks about in verse 14. He's not talking about people who are believers, saved, and people who are not. He's talking to believers. Yeah. He's saying, hey, if, if you're a believer, don't be unequally yoked with those who are saved and still acting like unbelievers. Don't be, be able to be like those who are acting like the devil, even though they're not like the devil, they're like God. And he says, you've got to change your thought life, change how you think, change how you do things. Think like a born-again person. Think like a righteous person. Think like a free person. Think like you're justified, not a sinner. Think like you're a winner, not a loser. You have been made in the image and likeness of Christ Jesus. And this morning, I mean, how do you think of yourself? Just check your own thought life. Do I, do I think I'm redeemed this morning? Or do I think I'm in bondage this morning? Do I think I'm free this morning? Or do I think I'm held in bondage? Do I think I'm sick? Or do I think I'm healed? Do I think I've got a great relationship with God? Or do I think maybe my relationship with God is? Am I in guilt? Or am I in reconciliation? Are you following me? These are the things he wants you to do to come out from among them and be ye separate. Say, be ye separate. Be separate. 
So it's time now, I believe, in this year where God, if you press in, you spend time in the Word, He's going to take you out of some things in your thought life and bring you into some new things in your thought life. I mean, you know, if you ever kept a book or anything about each year about what you were thinking or anything, you go back four years from now and you don't even know who that person was. You're thinking, my God, that person was stupid. And you were stupid back then. But since then, God changed the way you think. Some of you have been coming here less than a year, and you're already thinking different than you did when you came here. See, you got more joy in your life. You know why? Because you're thinking like God. How I many you know God's not depressed? So he's probably thinking good things. So yeah, it, it's based on your thought life. Some have a fear thought life. Some have a guilty thought life. Some have a, a lack thought life. And he, he says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Well, when I read this scripture, I decided that I want to be separate from the way the ordinary church thinks because he told me to start a church that takes people out of the ordinary. Come on, are you following me this morning? Yeah, so I don't want to be like the church that never even thought about laying hands on the sick. I don't, want to, I don't want to think like those people who don't even think about casting the devil and keeping them out of their life. I don't want to think like people like that who basically are just living their life, going to the church, hallelujah, did my hours, dropped off my $10.50 that I made that week, went back home, came back the next week. No, I want to be part of a generation... I want to be part of a separate generation who thinks different, who acts different, who does different. Because how many know everything in this book that God says, it belongs to us. You may, amen, hey, hallelujah, glory to God. But are you really believing and doing what's there? If you're not, your problem's right here between your ears. You've got a battle going on up there, praise God. And chances are you're losing that battle if you're not spending time in the word of God and it's not renewing your mind. The Bible says you can cleanse your conscience and your life by the washing of the water of the word. You've got to take a bath more than once a month. Come on, we do that in the physical, for God's sakes, don't we? How many of you go a month in the physical without showering? If you do, please find another church or sit. Please. No, you shower every day, two times a day, maybe three times a day for your body. But what are you doing for your mind? You know, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, glory to God. I'm ready to go today, praise God. No, the word of God comes in and it tells you who you are. It starts to manifest on the inside of you. It starts to bring out of the inside of you by the anointing what you can do and what you can't do. You should come to a place where you run into somebody who's having problems that you are the problem solver. Amen. Well, I'll send you to the pastor. No, I want him to send him to you. Yes. See, it's not a pastor's job. It is if I run into somebody, but if you run into him, it's your job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You have the same anointing. You have the same name of Jesus. You have everything that I have. You have the same Holy Ghost. You don't have a half Holy Ghost. You don't have just his foot or his hand. You've got the whole thing. So basically, we are the answer to people's problems. But first of all, we've got to do some mind changing, don't we? We've got to think a little bit different. So how are we going to do that? Look at verse, or chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises. Say these promises. Now how many? All the promises in the book belong to me. Well, let me tell you, there's some promises in the book I don't want. There's some good promises and there's some bad promises in there. I'd rather have the good ones. But notice, in the Old Testament, and if we think a religious Old Testament way, all the promises that we believe that we can get are in the future. Religion has taught us that. But the promises in the New Testament are not future promises. They are yes and they are amen. What does that mean? They're done. Well, I can be righteous. I'm going to do my best to become righteous. I'm going to try everything. I'm going to quit sinning. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit drinking. No, no. You already are the righteousness of God in Christ. And when you believe you are what he made you to be, you'll start acting like who you are because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Do you see? We want to do it, then believe it. No, believe it and you'll do it. Yeah, I'll tell you what controls everything right here. See, the devil won't even know you've got the problems you've got until you told him. <laughs> He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. 
So he didn't know what your problem was until you, ah, I just get angry all the time. I don't know why I got, write that down, the devil says, right, angry. They're angry people. Let's see what we can do to pee them off today, praise God. So they, come on now. And they wouldn't know it unless you told him. He don't know. You can't read your mind. But we go around, oh, I'm just so sickly. Oh, I'm just so poor. I'm just so weak. I'm just so afraid. He say, yeah, let me write that one down. Praise God, we can get them there today. See, you're giving him ammunition, basically, by your unbelief and who you are because you've not come out from among him and be ye separate. You are in the group, in the cluster, in the seeker-friendly, in the let's have a good club here. Let's do this. But we want to go beyond the club into a place where we're operating the things of God that God has already told us to do. Praise God. So all the promises of God are what? Yes. So righteousness is what? Yes. Healing is what? Yes. Power is what? Yes. The name of Jesus is what? Yes. Yes, it's yes and amen. It's already done. Jesus provided it for us. You're not going to apprehend it. It's already given to you, praise God. So stop believing for things and start believing in things. I'm believing for power. No, believe in the power that you already have. Well, I'm believing for it. Well, just keep believing. And what do you think? Jesus is going to go back to the cross and get it for you the second time? I think once was enough. No, it's already been provided to you. So I believe in my deliverance, in my healing in the power God gave me, in who I am in Christ Jesus. And I want to live that way. I believe in love. I believe the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart through the Holy Ghost, so I'm just going to love everybody. Does everybody deserve my love? No. Do I feel like loving? No. Do I want to love sometimes? No. But what can a lover do but love? Most patient man in the world, what can he do? Be patient. See, you figure out who you are and you become who you are because God's already provided his image and likeness on the inside of you to be whatever you want to be. All right, go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. All right, 1 Timothy, you there? Look at chapter 2, verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the what? Truth. Now, here we go. we got another one of those, don't we? He wants all men to be saved. How many of you are saved? Yeah. Hallelujah. A bunch of people all over the world saved. I went by a church this morning packed. They're all probably saved in there. But notice that's not where it ends. It's then you come into the knowledge of the... Because that's a different level, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you know the truth, the truth will set you... If you don't know the truth, you will live bound but saved. You won't do anything the Bible says you can do. You won't believe it. You won't do it. Basically because you still think who you are even though you're saved and gone to heaven. And so much emphasis has been put on gone to heaven, gone to heaven, gone to heaven. Well, what am I going to do till I get there? If you get saved at five years old, what are you going to do? Nothing till you get to heaven? You will be judged. You will be judged on how much of your purpose you fulfilled while you were down here that God created you to do. That's not going to be judged so much on your sin. You did right, you're wrong, you did this. When you get in the purposes of God, sin won't bother you that much anymore. Because you don't want to sin. You want to hear God's voice. You want to continue in the purpose that you're doing. And I'll tell you, most of the purpose has very little to do with you when you get into it. It's ministering to others. That means we've got to get our mind off of me and on everybody else around us. Because God, I mean, I may believe God knows everything. 
All right, so before you were even conceived in your mother's womb, he knew there was going to be problems that needed to be solved in the year 2024. And then he said, mm, he put you in your mother's womb. It didn't matter where they were, in the barn, in the house, wherever. They conceived, praise God. And out of those 500 million sperm cells that started rushing towards the egg, God said, that one right there. And he pointed you out, and you were born into this world with a job to do. A wash machine washes clothes. You're here for a purpose. And if you don't find that purpose, life stinks. I've been in it, I've been out of it. I'm in it, I love it. Been out of it, I could care less. But now you're in it. There's a purpose for every single one of you who are here. God just don't create things because he didn't have nothing else to do. He created things because he knew what was coming in the future, and he wanted to use each and every one of us in a purpose that we can do. And the best thing about it, he's given us the ability and power to do it. Thank God. How many of God said something to you and said, I can't do that? And how many know he said, good? Because if you could do it, you'd mess it up. So you've got to trust in me for the power that you have to do what you're called to do. Most of the things he calls you to do, you can't do. And at first it was scary, now it's refreshing. Because you've got to trust in him. And how many know he's got the power to do it? He's got the wisdom to do it. He's got everything to do it. So notice, not only get saved, but then we must come into the knowledge of the truth. And the Bible says the word of God is the so if I'm not spending time in the word of the truth, how am I ever going to change to find my purpose? How am I going to go from one level of just I'm going to heaven when I die to anything else? You're not going to go there without the word of God in your life. So we take time to read the word of God. If you're miserable, check yourself. You're not, you're not pursuing the purpose of God and you, and you not find it. It's already in you. You understand? It's not out here someplace. God already put it in here. And you're just slowly manifesting through the word of God what God has called you to do. Are you following me? All right. Praise God. Go to Philippians chapter 3. All right, Philippians chapter 3, look at verse, let's start at verse 7. Paul's talking, he says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted as loss for Christ? Yea, doubtless, but I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. All right, now here's Paul. Paul says for one time he was the most religious person in the world. He was born into the right tribe. He did everything he wanted. He wore what he was supposed to wear. He did what he was supposed to do. But then when he found out that none of that stuff was making him righteous, but that his righteousness came from simple faith in Jesus Christ, he stopped the works and called them dung. Say dung. dung. I mean, what dung is? Yeah. It's not good, is it? No, he thought they were all dung. He said, all these things I've worked for my whole life because I was deceived and didn't know the truth. I was trying to become righteous before God by doing these things, and I couldn't do these things. How many know going to church doesn't make you righteous? How many know you go to church because you are? People say, well, I'm going to get rich because I tithe. No, praise God, you're already rich. According to the Bible, you're just tithing off some of the riches that you've got so far. Praise God. We've got to change our mindset of trying to become by manipulating God, trying to talk God into things, and understand what he's already did for us on the cross of Jesus Christ. All right, look what it says here. Let's go down to verse uh, do, 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 do. Go down to verse 10. Paul says that I might know him. Say know him. No. Now how many of you know when you got born in the kingdom of God, you knew him finally? He might have been God over here, God over here, a tree or a post, but once you came into that relationship and were changed on the inside, you know God 
God was God. I knew God finally. But notice it doesn't stop there. Not only do I want to know him, but I want to know the power of his. Now that's where I want to go, right there. I just don't want to know God. I want to know the power of his resurrection. In other words, the power that we got when he was raised from the dead that now belongs to me. That power is to heal the sick. That power is to beat the devil at every turn. That power is to cast out devils. That power is to live a life of peace and joy. Uh, live a life of love. That power is already on the inside of me. And as you grow in the things of God, now it goes further and tells you how to get there. And the fellowship of his suffering. Say the fellowship of his suffering. Now if you don't study the Bible, you'll cross that out and never want to read it again. Because nobody wants to the fellowship of his suffering. But that scripture actually means to partake in his suffering, to take part in his suffering. Okay? Now, if my wife cooks me a nice big meal, how do I have fellowship with her? I eat the meal that she cooked. Right? All right. With Jesus, he went to hell. Your part of the sufferings there, you now get to go to He became unrighteous so you could become. He was proclaimed sickness so you could be. Are you following me? That's a fellowship of his suffering. So I want to take fellowship in his suffering. Hey, you know, if you beat up the devil, then I'm just going to keep walking on him. Praise God. That's fine. Uh, you declared I'm righteous, then I'm righteous because that's who I am. Praise God. I'm partaking. Most people partake in his sufferings. He was sin, so I'm sin. He was weak, so I'm sin. He was sick, so I'm sin. They don't understand that the transition that was made there for each and every one of us to walk in the things that he freely, say freely. freely. Say it again, freely. He freely provided for you. It's already there. We don't have to wait to get to heaven. How many know you're not going to cast out any devils in heaven? You're not going to heal any sick people up there. There's none up there. See, but everything's put off to the future. Oh, it's coming. Maybe 2026, maybe 2020. How about now? The day of your salvation, the Bible says, is today. It belongs to us today. So I'm going to have to change my thinking a little bit, ain't I? I'm going to have to think a little bit different on things. Uh, when sickness tries to come in my life, I'm going to have to remember that I'm the healed, praise God. That I'm the blessed. When, when money gets a little tight, that my needs are met according to his riches. That's who I am. That's my position. It may not be what's in here, but it's my position that he gave me. I've been seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Then why are you bowing to fear every day? Worry every day, upset every day, anger every day, impatience. If you've been raised and seated, you either have been raised and seated or you haven't been raised and seated. Now, which is it? Have you or haven't you been raised and seated? Well, I've been raised and seated, but boy, I'll tell you what, I think the world's just terrible. It just ain't working out. I just don't know what's going on. No, you're not raised and seated. You're, you're positionally there, but your mind sure as a heck ain't there yet because you're still seeing yourself as a loser. God does not create junk. He don't create losers. He's not in the business of creating losers. And he wants every person to succeed because it's a reflection on him. Right. A lot of Christians out there live like the devil and wonder why they can't bring anybody into the kingdom of God. They say, I'm already living like the devil. Why should I get saved? I can do that without any training. So see, we've got to line up, don't we? We've got to line up with things of God. We've got to let the Spirit of God on the inside of us make the decision in our mind who we are, what we can do, and how we can do it. And we do that by the fellowship of His suffering. So I want to take part in everything. I want to come out of that mindset. I want to be ye separate, praise God, the way that I think and the way that I do things. All right, go to Revelations chapter 1. Getting awful quiet in here. That's good. I'm just telling you, it's 2024 and it's time. It's time in your life to make a decision and make a change right now. To change the stuff that's holding you back that shouldn't be holding you back. And everybody wants to pray and blame God for it. But let me tell you, God's already provided it for each and every one of us. We just got to take advantage of what he's given us in our life. There's a great marriage for you. If you just walk in, in, 
in the instruction book and do what it tells you to do, or you can do it your way. Have it your way, have it your way. And how many know if you have it your way, you won't like the way that you got? After you do what you want to do, you won't like your doing. No, that's the way it is. That's that self on the inside of us where we, can, we don't need God. We don't, we don't need the word of God. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I don't care. Then you're living in hell down here. You're calling everybody 24 hours a day, seven days a week to help you out. And you'd be helped out if you just got in the instruction book and find out what you're supposed to change in your own life. And that's okay for the first three years of your salvation. But if you've been saved for 40 years, my God, come on. It's time to stop buying diapers. Come on, am I too hard this morning? No. I love you all. You're the greatest. Praise God. You're wonderful. No, I'm trying to make a change this morning, praise God, and convince you that you can change whatever's in your life. Stop claiming things that don't belong to you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's not who you are. That's who you thought you were, and the devil's helping you believe it. Every time you mention it, and he's on your mind, here he comes. Well, you gave him the ammo. You told him, I'm worthless. I just can't do nothing. And you think that impresses God. I don't impress him. He wants you to succeed in everything because if you succeed, he succeeds. And he can say, hey, look at my creation. See? How many of you want to buy a washing machine that don't work and then tell everybody about it? No. So success belongs to us. It's ours. God wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed because he needs you to succeed and do what he put you here to do. All right, Revelations chapter 1, are you there? No, I'm not, so wait a little bit. All right, Revelations chapter 1. Look at verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us. And he washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. How many of you ever read that before? How many know there's a lot there? So what's he saying here? Now, now here's the way the church has been up to this point. They have said, praise God, he washed me from my sin, and he loves me. How about Jesus? He loves me washes me from my sin. Does he? Yes. What do you do for you? But notice, that's the first part. There's another step. And has made you a king. Now, what does a king do? And a priest. What's your priestly thing? That's your relationship with him. You have the opportunity to have a wonderful relationship with God through the spirit of God and through the word, but you also basically need to start thinking and acting like a king. Jesus came for more just to die and take you to heaven. He came for more. Heaven does not need reinforcements. It doesn't need you up there. It needs you down here. Everybody can't, wants to sing songs about, oh, the day's coming when I'll go to heaven. And Jesus prayed that you stay here. Why? To finish the work that God gave you to do while you're here. Now, how many know we got a lot set of time for that? It may be 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. It may be 10 more years. But there's a lot of time for us to get done what God put me here to do in this. And he put me here to raise up a generation of people who are kingdom thinkers, kingdom walkers, so they make a difference in their area. I was talking to Luann this morning. She went in Dunkin' Donuts just to buy a coffee and made a difference in somebody's life. Just like that. It, she, it probably disrupted her coffee buying. It was terrible. 
coffee might have got cold while she was witnessing that person. It's horrible. No, there's opportunities all along your every second. Everybody wants to change the world and have a 4,000-person ministry. I just want to change everybody's life that I touch. I want to make a difference in somebody's life when I go by. And as long as you've got that attitude of what the kingdom is, which is extend the kingdom into this earth, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as long as you're doing that, you can be touching people all day long. You don't have to have a pastor, apostle, preacher beside your name. You don't have to be well-known by everybody. You don't have to know if everybody even cares. You're just touching people one at a time, and it's a domino effect. The problem is the dominoes aren't falling. Dominoes are standing in church not doing everything every Sunday because they don't know they've got the power and the ability to do things. And if you're so wrapped up in all your faults, you'll never have time to deal with anybody else's. That spirit of selfish self-pity, I'm telling you what, will keep you from doing anything for God before it's over with. Everybody do something for me. Do something for me. No, do something for somebody else for a change, praise God. In your prayer life, stop praying for things you need and start praying for what he needs. You're here to do God's will, not your will. You start doing his will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be unto you. So our primary thing is not to get things from God, for God to give us things that we need. It's to do what he put us here to do, and he'll make sure you've got enough to do it. Plus, praise God. You want to prosper, just start seeking God's will and his kingdom first, and you won't have to worry about finances again the rest of your life, praise God. They'll just come flowing into your life out of different areas, out of different ways, out of different things. He'll tell you to buy this, do that, do that, and everything that you do will be lined up right with the kingdom of God because God wants you to have the stuff. He don't want to have you time worrying about this and that. He wants you to do what he put you here to do. So here it's talking about being a king. When Adam fell, basically, how many know he lost his position? All mankind with him. He lost his dominion. He lost the spirit of God. He lost the kingdom and his purpose. So most teachers teach that you're washed and that he forgave you. Well, that's good, but that don't take you any further to the place where you are now a king and have made us kings and priests. So I'm not a loser today. I'm not a victim today. I'm not somebody who can't do nothing today. I'm not a servant today. No, I'm a king. I'm a king. So I've got to come up with a king mentality. I'm a king, praise God. I'm a king. So when these little things start to come after you, it don't matter. You're a king. Praise God. I can bring heaven to the earth. I can rule and reign over these little things that are in my life. I don't have to be an angry man anymore. The Bible says, he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Change the stupid way that you're thinking to line up with a kingdom that has already come. So now I'm a ruler. There's a difference when you're under attack whether you're a king or a loser. Whether you're sick or healed, whether you're blessed or not blessed, whether you're broke or whether you're, whether you're a victim or whatever. And that victim mentality has got to be raised up, and it can only be raised up by the word of God because you talk to people when you're in bad shape, they'll just agree with you. Or two or three agree together. Praise God. You're right. I'm going to die. Yes, you're going to die. Thank you, Jesus. No, we want to agree with the Word of God. How many of you know you agree with the Word of God, not with everybody else? Praise God. And that's why when you come into a situation, you need to be careful. No, you can't go there this morning. Go to Romans chapter 5. Can't go there this morning. No, can't go there this morning. No. No. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let all God's people praise the Lord. All I'm saying is share it with a kingdom believer. All right, Romans chapter 5, are you there? All right, here we go. Look at verse 17. For if by one man's offense, talking about Adam, death reigned by one. How many know death reigned in every, every single person who was born? But much more they which received the abundance of 
grace, the free gift, and the gift of righteousness shall do what? Reign. Shall do what? Reign. Shall do what? Reign. reign in life. How many know you reign because you're a king? So you can be a king and not reign. How not? Don't receive the free gift of righteousness as we've been teaching you about. But if I receive the free gift of who I am, righteousness, then I'm in a position to rule and reign. Come on now. In this world, over everything that comes into my life, praise God. Is righteousness important? Yes. yes. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to say this. Never believed it before, but now I do. Righteousness in your life is more important than faith. Because you can't have faith if you're unrighteous. You don't think God's going to do anything for you. You can say the words, but you don't think God's going to do anything for you because you certainly don't deserve it. He's not going to do nothing for you. But when you find out you're on the same level as God, a son of God, and righteousness with God, your prayers become powerful. The fervent prayer of an unrighteous man availeth much. The steps of the unrighteous man, they're ordered to the Lord. No. And it's not because you're unrighteous. It's because you don't believe you are righteous. He's made you the righteousness of God by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have a new position we're a king. Say, I'm a king. I'm a king. Look at a person beside you and say, I'm a king. king. Alright, now if you're king, why live broke? If you're a king, why live depressed? If you're a king, why live fearful? Why live in worry? Why live sick? You're a king. You've got authority over everything in the earth realm except other people. But we want to use our dominion over other people and not over the things we should be using them over. So we get into witchcraft and manipulation. Well, no. You've got authority over everything that comes into your life that is anti-kingdom of God. Everything that comes. You have the power to blow that thing out of your life and blow it out once and for all and keep it out of there by the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. You can be a Christian and live defeated, but you can't be a king and live defeated. And why do we live defeated? Because we've got a Christian mentality. So it's not so much of how much faith I have do I really believe in the position that I'm in my life? I mean, if you're a king, whether you've got faith or not, whatever order you give, it happens. I mean, the President of the United States can make a declaration. He can be sick, dying on his bed, not even in his right mind. I'm not going there. I'm just making a... Just making a statement there. That's all. Praise God. Hallelujah. And still, whatever he says goes because he's the king. You read about kings in the Bible who basically proclaimed, you know, King Darius proclaimed that, that everybody, nobody was allowed to pray to anybody else. And how many know David did? And then he was sorry he made the declaration, but he already made the declaration, so whatever he said had to work. Well, you're a king. So what you say, if something's attacking your life, you tell it to get out of there in the name of Jesus, praise God. You tell it to go in the name of Jesus. You resist fear. Stop accepting things that don't belong to you and be the poor little Christian that everybody's going to help someday. Trust me, if you get the king mentality, you have plenty of people to help in the church. Yeah, we don't want that mentality. We want a mentality of what he did for us. He's a king and a priest, praise God. He, he gives us that opportunity. He made us that. We're made that. That's who we are. So my position goes from here to being a king. Why? Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not, I'm not sin consciousness. I'm not guilty. I'm not condemned. Me and God are good. You know, we're side by side. We're Papa, Daddy. He's my son. I'm son. He's my, he's my father. Praise God. We get along just fine. Praise God. And you don't have to pray in the these and thous and the those. You just say it. Praise God. Get off my life in the name of Jesus. Don't come around here fear. You don't belong here in Jesus' name. Get lost. Because I'll tell you, fear is smelling salt of the devil. Anything you're afraid of, I guarantee you, you're going to run into it before it's over with. The devil will make sure of it because you've already spoken it. 
I mean, oh, faith comes out your mouth. So does fear come out your mouth. Your problems come out your mouth. Everything wrong with your life comes out your mouth. And the devil's just keeping track, man, and just coming after you. And the more so you say something, the more you believe it. See, if you believe you're a loser and tell everybody you're a loser, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll be a loser. You'll be a good one. You'll perfect your losing. You'll get there, praise God. You've got to keep that stuff out of your mouth. That's not kingdom stuff, praise God. Failure's not in the kingdom. Loss is not in the kingdom. No losers, just choosers in the kingdom. That's all we've got, praise God. And I choose to do what God told me to do. I choose to be healed. I choose to be blessed. I choose to be, well, I'm just so insecure. I'm just such a loser. I struggle with unforgiveness. Yeah, you do. You do. You'll perfect it pretty soon. You'll be mad at everybody. Just keep going. I get offended all the time. Oh, yeah, I'll bet, praise God. I'll bet you've got a whole list. You make Santa Claus look sad with your list, praise God, of people. See, all that stuff, you're thinking wrong. You're not thinking who you is. Jesus might as well not went to the cross for you other than get you to heaven, get you your ticket. I'd go up the elevator when the time comes, but then I'm going to live in hell down here, praise God. And then you go to other Christians and say, wouldn't you like to be like me? They say, no thanks. I'm doing better than you now and I ain't even saved. See, we're supposed to be uh, living the Bible, walking the Bible, talking the Bible, being the Bible. You can only do that if you believe you are what the Bible says that you are. So you're a king this morning. Say, I'm a king. I'm a king. So there, there's no losers. You can be a Christian and be a loser, but you can't be a king and be a loser. Right. See, because you're a king, praise God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 18. It's amazing to me as you go through and you read all the uh, four Gospels, how many things that, that Jesus spoke to? He spoke to the wind, spoke to a tree, spoke to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. How many want him as a pastor? <laughs> Why? Because he could see who was influencing him. Do you see what I mean? He wasn't mad at Peter. He was mad at the spirit behind him and what Peter was believing. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to go to the cross. And the whole reason why Jesus came was to... So he was coming after his will. He knew what his will was. And here was somebody, one of his best buddies, trying to talk him out of it. So he said, get behind me, Satan. Praise God. How I many know if you're going to walk in this level of uh, be separate, you might have to leave some devils behind you. People say, I got less friends than I ever had before. You're probably walking in the kingdom then. You lost all the losers. You lost all the Christianity people. You lost all the religious people. You're losing everybody, praise God. You're a lot of people. Hallelujah. Because that's the way it is. People don't think like this. People don't act like this. People don't operate in this stuff. You come in, oh, come into church. Oh, praise and worship's got my favorite song this morning. <laughs> praise God. And then you won't even lift your hands. Praise breaks the, the depression off you and you won't even lay, raise your hands or raise your voice or do anything. You just sit there. Do something, God. Spirit of praise. Come on, spirit of praise will set you free. I know. Praise God. They're praising. Somebody will get. No, do it. Lift your hands, praise God, and just say hallelujah one time and everything will fall off your life. Or you can go through your whole day. Come in. Go to church. Go back home. 
Hope he does better next Sunday because I ain't get nothing out of that sermon today. Praise God. Praise and worship was horrible today. That's the worst church service I was ever at in my whole life. Praise God. Go back and do the same things you're doing over and over and over and over. Don't have time to pray. Don't have time to press into God. Don't have time to say hallelujah. Don't have time to pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't understand that Holy Ghost stuff. I ain't going to do that. Well, you need to start doing it. Because that's like lifting weights, praise God. Your spirit man's on the inside going, And I'll tell you what, the devil will come along, what will he say? That's the dumbest thing you've ever done. You're wasting, you've wasted two and a half minutes. That's enough. Now, now, praise God. And we listen to the, the, the fool. Praise God. No, you pray in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Holy Ghost just for four minutes, I guarantee you the Spirit of God will take over. And you'll be walking out of your prayer room trying to stop. Because it's like a river. Once it gets flowing, it's like running downhill. You can't stop right away. You keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Then you'll be driving down the street and somebody will pull out in front of you and you go, Makatela Moshe. Oh, that's better than saying, go to. Right? That's better. Now, once you're reacting from what's in here rather than what's from out here, because how many of you, know, you are a spirit being? You live in a physical body, praise God. We're just trying to live in the natural somehow, praise God. We don't want to do it in the spirit. We've got trouble with the natural realm. Praise God. And natural people. Hallelujah. All right. Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 18. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they ask... It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I where? In the midst of them. Now notice what he's saying. And we use this for devils and demons and stuff. You can use that for what you want to. But he was not talking about devils and demons in this part of the scripture. He's just talking about you allowing things in your life or disallowing things in your life. It's not up to God. Well, God allowed that to happen. No, you allowed that to happen. Then you blamed it on God. See, you choose what comes into your life. And what doesn't come into your life? You choose what you allow. You choose what you disallow. It's not up to God. It's up to you. He gave us that authority. In the garden when he came to, to Adam and he said, let them have dominion. How many know when God speaks, it's true. Them had dominion. He should have said, let us. Then he could have been involved in this too. But he didn't. He said, let them. So at that time, mankind is the only one in the earth realm with the dominion that it takes to rule in the earth realm. He's it. That's why Jesus had to come in a man suit. Are you following me? He couldn't save us without a man's suit because he couldn't do nothing in the earth. But now he, the Father works with us through what's something called prayer. Our prayer life is our connected to him in order to allow him to do things in the earth that are his will anyway. That's when you pray for someone who needs healing. You can just about sure as bet that God's behind you because that's his will. And there's no sick people in heaven. Amen. No broke people in heaven. Nobody up there like that. It's all good up there, praise God. So what's he doing? He's trying to use us down here to do in the earth what's already been done up in heaven, but he needs people to do it. And that's why the God is in control doctrine in the church today is ruining people's lives. If God's in control of everything, then why should I have any faith? If he's just going to do whatever he wants to do, and it don't matter what I do, then God's going to do, then God's in control of everything. Now notice what that eliminates. It eliminates my faith, eliminates my prayer, eliminates my purpose, because my purpose is to do what I'm asking him to do and think he's got control to do, so I'm not doing it. So you're not fulfilled in your purpose. Then all once people get mad at God. Ever ran into somebody mad at God? 
Oh, you don't know what God did. He killed my brother. My brother is only 12 years old. I, he's a good God. He wouldn't be... On and on and on. God sits up there. I've got to change it. I, I'm the most patient man in this world, but all over, God's a little more patient than I am because I'd be squashing people right now. <laughs> my patience would run out. You know, but he doesn't. He loves everybody. He wants everybody. So notice, it depends on what we allow and what we don't allow. Will you allow those thoughts of you being a victim or will you get rid of them? Will you allow those thoughts of always being under attack? People say, well, because I'm so powerful for God, I'm always under attack. No, you're always under attack because you're always telling the devil you're under attack so he can attack you because you're allowing attacks in your life. We get too spiritual. Can I say that? Get too spiritual. <laughs> I'm just so spiritual, God. Always, devil's always attacking me. Well, he's attacking everybody else too. What's the difference? See? Just walk in what God has given us. You're a king. You're anointed. You're blessed. You're filled with the power of God. You're in those things. But you're going to have to weed them into this mind because this mind doesn't believe anything except what it sees. And if it doesn't see it, it doesn't believe it. The thing is you need to believe it and then you will start to see it. How many believe there's a heaven? How many of you saw it? How can you believe it then? Because you were told over and over again, when you die, you're going to go to heaven. So you're going to go to heaven. You ever been there? No. What's it like? Don't know. But that's where I'm going. How do you know it's there? I just know that I know that I know it's there. You can get that way on healing. You can get that way on prosperity. You can get that way on power of God. You can get that way on being a king. We, this church is full of kings. The Bible says you are, he's a king of, and the Lord of, and who's the Lord? He's Lord over. Who's the king's kings over? Us. But we're not acting like kings. We're not living like kings. We're not operating like kings. And because of that, nobody understands. Now, we get to a place where we're operating in this stuff consistently. How many know everybody in the world is looking for power? Everybody. It's in you. God put that in there. That's good. You're supposed to have power in your life. But money's good, but it does not give you the power that you need. And everybody goes after dollar bills to get it. Well, what are you going to do when you come down with cancer? You're going to give $20 to the devil so he runs away? No, it's... Holy Ghost power and God's power on the inside of us that we need more than we need anything else. But in this natural world, it's money. You can, have, you can only have one God, God or money, one or the other. That's all you're going to have. People go after money, go after money, go after this, go after that, go after all their needs. And Jesus came along and said, why do you worry? Now look at his thought life. What the heck are you worried about? Why do you worry about what you shall eat? Why do you work 79 hours a week? Why do you, why do you bust your hind end? Why do you do all this? Well, why do you do that? If you just seek first the kingdom of God, my Father will take advantage of it. And the Bible already says, your Father knows what you need. How many ever had a father? If you needed something, didn't he usually take care of you, praise God? No. No? Well, <laughs> then, then don't, don't compare God to your father. Please don't do that. Break that out of your mind. You, you go with God. He's the Father. He's the Father. Forget, forget the other and push him off to the side. Praise God. He's no good. Yeah, and that's probably true with a lot of people. And then a lot of times they relate to God as their Father. Well, it's not the same. God loves you, cares for you, washed you, made you who you are, and we're going to come up with a king mentality. We're going to start ruling and reigning over things that are in our life, in our own life. And if you get the Holy Ghost involved with this, you'll know when you're not because he will let you know when you're not.
See, I'm so afraid, he'll shut your mouth right there, praise God. he say, what did you say? You'll say, oh, sorry. No, I'm not afraid, praise God. I rule and reign over that situation in the name of Jesus, and I go forward, praise God. So this year is a year of blessing if you want it. It's a year of righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, a year of prosperity, a year of healing, a year of everything. It's already out there hanging on the tree of life. Just pick the darn thing off, start eating off of it, and stay there, praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for what you did on the cross that we find out more and more about each and every day that the price you paid was for more than just a free ticket to heaven. We thank you by your spirit to raise us up on the inside through revelation knowledge this year. I thank you our eyes would be opened up and we would come to know the total inheritance that you've given each and every one of us. It's already been provided. And we thank you for the power and the victory in Jesus' name. And we give you glory for everything we're going to accomplish individually and as a group and as a body this year. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Okay, Wednesday night, 7 30 Zimi on the stage praise God the key.